Welcome to Politics Done Differently, a no-frills political podcast for the everyday voter, aiming to engage Australians in the political agenda. Hosted by Katarina Sullivan, businesswoman, award-winning sustainability expert, and political junkie. This episode of Politics Done Differently is brought to you by Strategic Sustainability Consultants, an Australian-based consultancy working with businesses, governments, and not-for-profits to assist them in becoming economically, socially, and environmentally sustainable. Welcome to another episode of Politics Done Differently. We're back in our favourite place, Parliament House. And today I have with me Ms. Rebecca Sharkey, who is the member for Mayo in South Australia and our first guest from the Central Alliance. So welcome. We're very excited to have oh, you. Oh, good to know I'm the first guest from the Central Alliance. <laughs> Hello. Good to be with you. I'd love to hear about what made you get into politics. There's a really good poster, actually. It's behind me. Mm-hmm. And I have a look. It says, don't get mad, get elected. Yep. And if I go back to 2013, 2014, um, I was working uh, in the youth sector. Actually, um, in 2013, I had a national role um, around Australia working with the most vulnerable young people, around um, 30,000 young people. And it was the budget of 2014 Mm -hmm. that made me um, really think, where is Australia going? You know, this is, and and I tried to get a um, meeting uh, with my own uh, Member of Parliament, Mm -hmm. and even though I was in that national role, even though I knew my local member, um, over a nine month period, I wasn't able to secure just 20 minutes of time, and that made me pretty cranky as well. So yeah. I connected him with Nick Xenophon because mm-hmm. um, he was willing to meet with me. Uh, and Nick said, Look, I think you'd be really good at this job. You really mm-hmm. care, you're really passionate, um, you, you've worked in politics, you understand politics. So, to cut a long story short, I ended up putting a second mortgage on the house and running. Yeah. And I was very fortunate that in 2016 mm-hmm. my community elected me yeah. and what do you attribute to your success because this is now the second time you've been voted in so obviously the job that you did for three years resonated with people and they wanted to see more of you oh look I think there's always a lot of different factors that are about the person and um, things that are outside of a person's control mm-hmm. I think when I was first elected um, certainly um, having Nick Xenophon back me, he's, he's very well known in South Australia, was, was critical. Uh, also, if I go back in time, back in 1998, we had um, a gentleman called John Schumann. He, um, uh, many, many would know him from the band Red Gum, and I was only 19. Well, he ran for the um, Democrats up in Mayo and came very, very close, made Alexander Downer go to preferences for mm-hmm. the first time and I think the only time um, uh, during Alexander Downer's time as the member for Mayo. Um, and so I think that that seed was always there in our community and it also at that time made me recognise that we're actually, uh, there's many in our community that would consider themselves a small L liberal, mm-hmm. um, you know, centrist in ideas uh, and and like the idea of a you know quasi independent 
um, uh, voice. Mm -hmm. So, so I think you know those two factors were important in the two thousand and sixteen election, uh, and. I was just incredibly fortunate and uh, you know I look back I look back now and I can't believe I put a second mortgage on my house to do it but I, and then quit my job so I um I, I really you, you have to believe in yourself and I, I remember at the time thinking well you know if I, if I don't try I'll never know if I if I could have done it yep. and I think you know you you'll always wait and wonder so yeah better to try and look if you fail you fail but at least it's something you can tick off that you that you had a go at yeah what are some of the policies and platforms that you stood on for your election just for our viewers or listeners sure. i should say from outside of mayo okay. so so if i go back to 2016 oh, and the, the other factor is is um i also um, saw what kathy mcgowan did in the mm -hmm. seat of indi in 2013 and so I very much tried to copy Kathy's, <laughs> Kathy's campaign. Um, you know, they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Um, mm. And so I tried to copy uh, much of what Kathy did. And I thought, mm. well, you know, that's a winning formula um, around, you know, how, how you try and connect with essentially 100,000 people. Mm. Uh, and when you don't have any money in your pocket, it's a very difficult thing to do. So it was really about... Um, building a volunteer base mm -hmm. and, and a very much a grassroots base. And I, I think I've been a grassroots member ever since. I, I actually really like that style of politics. You know, all of my decision-making from from when I was a candidate through to being a member have, has come from the community and, and always will. So, so, um, so if I go back to the first year I was elected, I held... Um, I think it was around 20 community forums mm -hmm. and that was after writing to every person in the community and saying look you know what do you care about and um, we got over I think around 5,000 responses back so then we collated that and then we went out with with really you know the top 10 list of what our community says they care about mm -hmm. to try and really drill down and go well because you say you care about health or you care about the environment what does that look like and what do you want me to do in the parliament what can we do in our community then during the third year, um, and, and I did have a by-election in between, so it's, it's actually been three elections mm. in three years, um, we then went back out and said, look, you know, this is the report card. These are the things you said that you wanted me to work on. This is the report card on things we've done. Um, what next? Yeah. What, what, how does our community want to be represented in this place next? Mm -hmm. So it's very much about continually engaging back with the community. So that's, that's a very much, a, you know, a very as I said, grassroots level mm. around community engagement. But separate to that, there are some broader ideals that I take with me every day in this place and I work on every day in this place. Yeah. I think the, the key word to it is transparency. Mm -hmm. I want to see transparency in political donations. I actually want to get money out of politics. I will keep working on this for as long as I'm in this place yeah. because I think that there is a reason why we are at a place in society where, where trust in politics is, an all, is at an all-time low. And I think much of that can be traced back to money and influence and what happens in this place, who walks the corridors of this place and how little the Australian community knows mm. about that process. Yeah, and how do you think we could make that more transparent for the voters? 
I'm very pleased you asked. <laughs> so, so I yesterday I introduced a bill to take the threshold down um, from thirteen thousand eight hundred to one thousand dollars. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced a bill which complements that bill, um, which calls for real time disclosure. Mm -hmm. So, if I had donated to you mm -hmm. as a candidate, as a member of parliament, a yeah. um, million dollars mm -hmm. on the first of July this yeah. year, two thousand nineteen. The Australian community would not know about that donation until not February 2020, but February 2021. I think that is disgraceful. Yep. People should know as immediately as possible. And, and so mm. I've put five working days. I think um, the Greens have come back uh, responding to my bill, looking at two weeks. Looking, you know, even two weeks is, is a good time frame mm. because many people wonder what the you know how the decisions were made in this place mm. and i think if we could have some transparency over you know when um, donations are made to political parties and by whom mm. i think it would be easier for people to piece together i also think that it would change a lot of the behaviors around who donates and also what political parties accept through the door and put in the bank um you know if we look at crown casino um, over the last four returns across the two major parties, just that one um, gambling company donated a million dollars between both the major parties. And we wonder why we can't get any reform around gambling in this yeah. place, despite the enormous harm it does to community. I also said yesterday when I was introducing that bill that uh, Robin Williams, um, the late Robin Williams comedian, um, despite being a comedian, said something you know, so true in politics. Mm -hmm. he, think, he said that he thought that all politicians should be like NASCAR drivers and, and need to wear their sponsors uh, on, on their jackets <laughs> um, so that people really know who's paying for them. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good idea. I 100% agree. <laughs> and you've obviously got quite a bit of power, even though you're not in the government, to sort of leverage the government and the opposition to make commitments. What is it like being a member of the crossbench in the lower house? Well, I think the government of the day does look to the imprimatur of the crossbench. They often, you know, in, in this uh, parliament, we have a one-seat majority in the lower house. I think, you know, much has been made about the government's majority, but actually it's really pretty slim. Mm. Really, you know, it's the crossbench that's been incredibly vocal around needing a federal integrity commission, around political donation reform, and really around the behaviours in the parliament, if you, mm. if you notice that the crossbench never get kicked out in question time, um, we, we are respectful of, of the chamber um, and the role of the speaker and, and really just, um, just trying to be our best selves at all times. Now, we're all incredibly different people and it's really important that people don't sort of cluster us as, as you know, one homogenous group. Mm. We're not that. We're all very different people across the crossbench, but there are some attributes I think that we all hold and I think we, we certainly all hold a tremendous respect for this place and none of us buy into the partisan party games that we see both the major parties doing and that's not what the Australian community wants to see. Mm. You know, when I'm back in my community people say oh how on earth can you be in that place <laughs> um, you know, and, I, and I try to explain look actually outside of question time a lot of good work gets done yeah. um, but, but I think we can certainly improve the conduct and behaviour 
of question time, but also of how we individually and collectively behave in this place. And, and I'm really fortunate being in Centre Alliance, we have two senators that are part of the balance of power. Mm -hmm. Essentially, you know, if, you, if the government has one nation and you're on the crossbench up there voting with them, which you know, happens the majority of the time, they then either need um, Jackie Lambie or Centre Alliance to support them to get their legislation through. So we don't abuse that position. We very much see our job as to work constructively with the government of the day and improve the legislation before us. Do you do a lot of advocacy on behalf of your constituents in Parliament Huge, House? huge. <laughs> um, that, that's my job. Yeah. Uh, and we've been able to help thousands of constituents. Mm. And I think, you know, every member of job every member of parliament knows that that's their job yeah. but also been able to lobby for bigger things for our region so mm. for instance um, last week uh, the government announced uh, 7.3 million dollars for netting for the Adelaide Hills it's actually part of a 14.6 million dollar South Australian netting program we've lost uh, our apple pears and cherry growers mm -hmm. um, have effectively lost two seasons of fruit from hailstorms that was a really important program that, that we, our, our growers could not afford to cover the cost of their netting on their own so it's mm -hmm. a 50-50 um, buying but you know it's it's those kinds of whole of region initiatives that I'm able to lobby for in here and that's my, my job to do that um, yeah. and to make sure that the people of Mayo are well represented in this place mm -hmm. you have a look at the 151 seats you know the majority of those seats are uh, on the east coast in urban areas um, that's where our population is but Australia is much bigger than than an east coast belt yeah oh, I know that coming from western Australia yes you <laughs> guys are way much, over there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um we're the forgotten state so yeah. people don't talk about what's happening I know Adelaide I've got cousins and aunties and uncles over there and the same thing sort of happens in yeah. South Australia and, and South Australia has lost a seat as well, so we're down to 10 seats mm -hmm. now. Um, as a percentage, I think, um, you know, of the overall collective of 151, I don't think since Federation we've ever had such a low percentage. No. So that's really concerning. So we need to make sure that every one of those 10 members has a very active voice in the parliament, yeah. um, just so that South Australia um, and members of Western Australia, I'm mm -hmm. sure, are doing the same, um, uh, as is Tasmania. You know, we are we are the smaller states. Um, however, you know, if I look to South Australia, we've been the um, industrial manufacturing powerhouse of, of, of Australia mm. since the 1950s. Mm. I look at my electorate. Um, we, we, I have six um, wine regions. We, we produce a huge um, volume of horticulture mm -hmm. for the Australian community as, as well as um, um, have quite a significant role in our exports. So it's really important that those regions outside of metropolitan Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane um, actually are well represented in this place. Do you meet regularly with the other MPs and senators from South Australia to talk about how to promote um, the state? I don't um, meet so much, you know, with, with I mean, obviously we're, we're always having conversations in this place yeah. and, and I think there's a camaraderie with the mm. South Australian MPs. Of course, I um, um, work very closely with my Centre Alliance um, Senators. A big part of my job, though, is, is going to the decision makers and the decision makers are the ministers and I'm, I'm very grateful that I think unlike a backbencher, I have what I, what I would consider, you know, quite open access to meeting with ministers and that's really important um, sure. for, for my community. 
You mentioned before that you were working with youth before you came into Parliament. How do you engage with young people now as the member for Mayo? Sure. Well, um, on many, many levels, um, we I have an open door for work experience for young people, uh, both here in Canberra, whether you know, they're at ANU, but perhaps South Australian. And mm-hmm. we, we also have um, uh, offered places to people who are, who are just ANU locals, although yes. I think there's not too many... Um, people at ANU who are originally from Canberra uh, and the same in the electorate office we also have Young Mayo um, Young Mayo is my essentially a, a sort of a fluid youth inv- youth advisory group mm-hmm. um, part of our work is is outreach so yeah. you know whether that's um, heading down to the beach we do a lot of environmental work we've hiked up mountains for climate change well it's called Mount it's the summit at Mount Barker it felt yeah. like I was climbing Mount Everest <laughs> Uh, and and we and we then it was their decision to put a banner with many messages on it to mm-hmm. um, then Environment Minister Josh Frydenberg. I presented that to Josh in here. Um, many of the motions that we've taken into this place have come from young people. And I'm out at all of my schools. I I think um, I think I was a would have loved to have been a teacher in hindsight. Yeah. You know, in my forties, <laughs> I thought, yeah, you know, that, that would have been a great career for me. Um, I I go out and um. Uh, take classes in mm-hmm. often year 11 for legal studies as well as the six sevens that do their civics so I actually take a lesson um, I did have one school that um, shall remain nameless that gave me four classes on a very hot day on a Friday afternoon <laughs> um, that was a really hard slog and I think that they did that so that I would really appreciate the great work teachers do yeah I was pretty exhausted <laughs> after that one <laughs> I bet yeah. I bet I remember just being exhausted as a student in those classrooms <laughs> on a Friday yeah. afternoon on a hot it's day. Pretty, pretty hot and stuffy with, you know, I think there were about 80 11-year-olds in the class <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a hot Friday afternoon. So, so I think uh, when young people uh, have the opportunity to come to Canberra, and they, many schools do that week-long trip to Canberra, it's, it's really interesting to see the change in the students because I'll often go to their school beforehand after to visit um, as well as um, if, if we're sitting meet mm. with them in here and their, their knowledge of, of um, democracy increases tenfold yeah. and that's really important. You mentioned climate change as one of the issues um, of young people have sort of brought to your attention as being important to them mm. in the electorate. What are some of the other concerns of your electorate? You mentioned before health and... Sure well we Mayo is a really interesting electorate. Um, we're quite diverse. We have regional areas. We have um, areas of peri-urban growth. Health is the number one concern right across my community. I also have the oldest electorate by median age uh, in South Australia, and we sort of have belts where sort of um, people go to retire down on the south coast, yeah. um, parts of the Adelaide Hills. Access to affordable healthcare yeah. uh, is is critical for people in my community. Um, and the environment, no matter whether you see yourself left or right on the spectrum, I think because of the natural beauty of my electorate, um, ensuring that the environment is there for future generations yeah. is incredibly important. Local employment mm-hmm. is, is a real concern because we know, and if you have a look at Mayo, much of Mayo are small towns of you know, 1,000, 2,000 people. And when you, when you create towns... When, when towns become dormitories where mm-hmm. people are travelling to the city for work and back every day and they're gone at 
6.30 in the morning because of the traffic and because of the distance yeah. and they're not home again until 7 o'clock at night. Those people then have a really difficult time engaging in the community life of the town. Mm -hmm. So they can't do the volunteering where they can't be the, you know, the netball coach or, or um, be involved in Meals on Wheels or many other things. And so the fabric of the township can change. So I think many of us are really concerned about ensuring that we keep the character uh, of our and preservation and preserve our individual towns and part of that is around well if we can find, if we can create, generate more local employment then people are around the town in the daytime yeah. you know it's not a ghost town from nine o'clock till five o'clock so so that's a really important issue for my community as well and then then we you know we have different pockets where there's um, a lot of housing going on we're concerned about urban spread and uh, how that affects the environment yeah there's, there's many issues and then down if you go down on the south coast we have you know the most pristine ocean and then kangaroo island you know that's it's a it's a wilderness it's 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 a magnificent part of australia mm. many of us are concerned about the potential threat of oil drilling and the bite mm -hmm. and we we want to preserve the beauty and the industries that we have for generations to come big challenge but it's such an important one because we do have so many beautiful natural environments around Australia and I think South Australia is a fantastic example absolutely. of that. Absolutely, well if you, if you look at, um, at where they're potentially planning on drilling in the Great Australian Bight, I mean there's more marine biodiversity there than there is um, on, on the Great Barrier Reef which is World Heritage listed. Um, so I'm trying to get National Heritage listing for the Bight as a yeah. first step. I'd like to see World Heritage listing for it. Mm. Um, you, you know, I'm driving along the South Coast and it's in winter and, and I see a whale. I mean, you know, I am the luckiest member of Parliament <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. Who else gets to see that when they're on their way to a meeting? How can people support you in what you're doing? Like, How can people get behind the National Heritage Listing? Ah, well, on, I think on my website we've got some information about it, but mm -hmm. really just sharing, um, sharing the information, sharing um, uh, the concerns around the bite. You know, we've, we've had NOPSEMA knock back um, Equinor, uh, with with their latest plan, but you know, Equinor keeps coming back again and again, um, and really just uh, just sharing the the good things about our community. I th I've seen even in my time as a member of parliament in the last three and a half years quite a fundamental shift in many people in my community. They didn't. It's not that they didn't accept the science of climate change. I think that they just weren't connected to the issue. But I, I I'm noticing more and more people. Are talking to me about this particularly people who who might have initially seen themselves as conservative mm -hmm. and I think that climate change is the greatest challenge facing humankind and I think we are seeing a great movement across the broader Australian community that recognizes that and whether it's bushfires the drought you know we really are seeing it. and it's farmers who say to me it's it's not going to happen it's happening right now and yeah. what can we do and then going back to to uh, the netting that, that mm. we were able to secure that is a way to address um, the changing climate in my community for that industry um, using less water uh, having less wastage uh, and then recognizing as well that uh, we will be facing more severe storms more frequently into the future and if we want a future for that industry in my community that provides a huge amount of jobs then we need to address it and we need to fix it in this place it's interesting that 
since doing the podcast, we've seen some themes come through and climate change is definitely one of them. The other thing you mentioned before was community connectedness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a bit of an issue that we're not connected the way that we used to be, um, which is interesting in an age of social media where we are all connected instantly to one another by our phones, but it's obviously not making that real impact. How do you use social media in a meaningful way to connect with your voters? Yeah, look, I mean, we we connect with voters on a whole range of... I I connect with voters in a whole range of levels. Yes, we use Facebook, uh, and we're careful to kind of have a balance that it's not um, sort of a propaganda machine. It's an opportunity for people to talk and share, but we we have a very clear set of... um, do's and don'ts <laughs> essentially we we say look you know if you're going to be abusive to other people um we have no tolerance for that yeah. so fa- facebook is probably um from a local level mm-hmm. um the social media platform that the majority of my community use um i'm on twitter and instagram's a fairly new invention for us mm-hmm. um I, I do have to get the passwords for that so far i, I haven't been able to I've had to share pictures for them to go on there um, but I'm hoping that I'm actually going to this summer get a greater understanding of Instagram fortunately I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old at home so I'm hoping they can give me a bit of a tutorial Um, but I still believe the best way to connect with people Mm. is face to face and so we hold a huge amount of you know if it's community forums we've got grant writing workshops happening again if I meet an expert in a particular field, I see if they're willing for me to, you know, basically fund for them to come into the electorate and um, and deliver their knowledge more broadly. So we've had um, internet scam sessions, um, which was which were really well attended. Uh, we've had bowel cancer awareness sessions, and I'm looking forward to to in the new year to having. Um, you know, bringing more experts out to the community to, to talk with us and, and build our community capacity. No, I'm sure you'd meet some fascinating people in I your do. role. I do. I look that that's one of the the best things about this job is yeah. there is that you know this place um, draws people from all across the world. You know, I've got to meet Olivia Newton John and and learn so much from her around cancer research and breast cancer research and the, the great work that she's she's doing um, in that field you're incredibly fortunate to be a member of parliament it's it's a job that you know one person per per electric um, gets to hold and I'm so grateful to represent my community in that way but but every day I think well how can I maximize this experience and take this back into my community yeah, well, I'm sure your community is very grateful to have you as well, especially someone so genuine that put so much on the line to get here, including your house. <laughs> um. oh, it's a crazy idea. Don't do that, anyone. <laughs> no, no. Look, it was it, it wasn't a decision I made lightly. I, yeah. I, you know, I sat down, talked with my husband, talked with my parents about it too, because mm. if if I was successful in, in getting in, I, you know, it was going to be a whole of family push to, you know raise children and keep a house clean and make yep. sure that everything still moves along when, when you're away from your family and you are away from your family um, in this role. I still believe I have the best job in the world. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm conscious of time because I know you've got meetings, um, but I'd love if you could give one piece of advice for our listeners who are feeling like they don't have the power in 
politics and they want to make a difference but you know they're feeling like they can't especially for our young voters who are feeling sort of disengaged and marginalized well you do have the power yeah. i mean look the power is handed back to the back to the individual person every individual in australia mm. who's over 18 and enrolled to vote once every three years but aside from that you know community activism is incredibly powerful I would just encourage people to read widely, go beyond the Murdoch papers, mm. um, read very widely uh, and engage with your Member of Parliament. And, and if you have people who share similar positions to you on an issue, you deserve to have a meeting with your Member of Parliament. I meet with many groups in, in my electorate, they come into mm -hmm. my electorate office, um, right the way from um, church groups all the way through to um, groups for different environmental issues um, and we, we meet and they'll keep me up to date on what they're doing in the community and what they want to see me do in the parliament. Now, we won't always agree, it won't always be a, um, what I see often as the majority view of my community, but I have an open door and that's important and I think most members of parliament do. So I would just encourage people to knock on that door. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. And Thank you. hopefully we'll have you on the podcast again sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Lovely to be with you. Thank Wonderful. you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Politics Done Differently. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to hear more, please go back through our library for more insightful interviews. Please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at PD Differently. If you want to get involved in the conversation, please hashtag PD Differently. We look forward to seeing you next episode.